and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm your Smoke Master General, Mr. Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Shane Reeves. You sound like um, NPR tonight. Why is that? I don't, it's just that, that low-energy delivery. It's one of the reasons I hate NPR. Everything is so trudgery. Right. It's the the day to day life is hey, such a just, burden upon the average man. I, I don't know. You when I go too far the other way, you give me grief for that too. Well, yeah, <laughs> but that's what I'm here for. I'm here to find balance in your life. Uh, is fair, that not fair? Fair point. <laughs> is that not the point of friends to help you find balance in your life? Is there really anything more valuable than a friend that will help you find balance? I'm sure there is. <laughs> I don't think so. I think balance is the most important thing. Balance and gratitude, two of the most important aspects of life. And also, let's light up some cigars and jump right in. I'm, right. I'm, I'm raring to go. I'm ready to jump in. It's been Man, it's been chaos in my life for the past two weeks. We just talked about that last week. Yeah. It's just there's been too much chaos, and trying to wrestle this chaos has been a lot like bare knuckle fighting a grizzly bear. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. My last couple of weeks has been much the same and probably for a lot of the same reasons. <laughs> um, what do you, are you, is that a year of the rat? So, okay. My wife struck a bargain. One of the guys at the Drew Estate event got some Drew Estate cigars he didn't like. Okay. Well, she bought a wheelbarrow full of clothing his size at a yard sale for, you know, 42 cents. <laughs> so they struck a deal where she brought him a new wardrobe, and he gave me, like, seven really nice Drew Estate cigars, and one of them was a year and a rat. And I said, well, I'm just smoke that on the show tonight. I've, I've actually, I wish you'd have said something. I've got one sitting in my humidor at the house. I could have smoked them the same one. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've, sitting out, what's it, it's been a, a little over a year since they've been out, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and they just announced that the 2021 year of the rats are coming out, too. But well, how does that make sense? It's not the year of the rat, then. I, hey, I don't write Drew Estates <laughs> press releases. Isn't the year yeah. of the ox next year or something like that? Well, they do have a year of the ox. Maybe they couldn't do it. Another year of the ox. But anyway, so, so it's, it's, what, it follows the Chinese uh, zodiac. zodiac. So it should be whatever next year's is. Um, so it's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Brazilian binder and Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers, and all, they're always good little cigars and all. But I don't know. We're gonna to have to talk about it because I would be interested to know if our listeners what their Liga experience has been lately. What do you, define lately? Um, seems like in the last six months, a lot of my guys that I know that are regular Liga guys have been less impressed with the product. Interesting. I mean, I noticed. Uh, you know, obviously, when they reblended it a few years ago, I noticed, and it stopped being limited release. I started to notice a decline then, but I, I don't really smoke as much Liga as I once did. Um, that, but that's interesting. I'd have to, I may have to pick one up sooner rather than later and see if it, if it reminds me of. I mean, I do have a birthday coming up, and that's usually my birthday cigar. So, um, oh, when's your birthday? September. Oh, okay. Still a little while. Yeah. I've got an H99 I'll bring you. Okay. No, I got some H99s the other day, and I, I think it's it's okay, Uh huh. but I'd be interested to see what you think about it. Okay, yeah. Uh, speaking of cigars with age, I'll get to my cigar in a moment. Um, I was gifted an Anaconda yesterday. Oh, you were? Yeah. Well, I got Weevoed again. Uh. I got double Weevoed yesterday, actually. And... Uh, <laughs> um, but one of it, we were talking about the Anaconda and how it's a great cigar. It's even better with age. He's got one of the original release box, you know, in his locker, and he here you go. So that's got to have, what, two years of age on it by yeah. now. I've got a box of Anacondas in my humidor that's got about two years on it. Yeah. And also, yeah, they're, and Brazilian tobacco just gets better with yeah, age. I know. Nothing I, ages like Brazilian tobacco. Yeah, I almost smoked it today, but I had already had a cigar, and I was like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to interrupt what this could be. So instead, I am smoking the La, my father La Promesa. Now, we have not really talked about it, and I haven't had one of these since we had it when it first came out uh, last year. Uh, but this is a great cigar. Like This is one of the few cigars that I remember how much I like it. You know, so often, we'll smoke a great cigar, and then we'll kind of forget about it and go, I don't remember if I liked it or not, or I remember I liked it, but I, don't, I remember this being pretty close to a 7. 
I like the La Promesa. The reason I walk by it more often than not is the Vitola. Yeah. Well, see, this is the Toro, which is right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a... God, I'm saying um like it's our third episode. What's going on with me tonight? <laughs> so the, it's filler tobacco grown at the Garcia's farm in Nicaragua. Uh, Nicaraguan binder and Ecuadorian Habano Escuro wrapper. I seem, like I said, I seem to remember this being a seven. Now, the last time I had this was pre-COVID. And as I've mentioned on the show a few times, my sense of taste and smell has changed since then. So I'm going to be really interested to see if it still hits me as good as it did then. Well, you know, it's it's just an enjoyable stick. It definitely fills the, the La Promesa label. It's definitely... To me, it is the best my father. and I, But now, as far as longevity, it's hard to beat the Jaime Garcia. And I, as far as the cigar that's going to be there every day from now on. So interesting you should say that because the reason that I don't smoke Jaime Garcia very often is because of the Vitola. Nobody around here except for one shop carries it in a Toro. And the last couple of times I've gotten it from them, it's been plugged so tight I couldn't smoke it. I've had that problem on one of them before. And also, jumping right into the first article. So instead of talking about, you know, peppering in the new cigars from the PCA show, we talked about this last week. That's just not really our shtick. But Aficionado has kind of a summary of some of the new cigars coming out at the PCA show. Well, and now, I, I want to I clarify that. These, the cigars we're talking about here are, are exclusives to the show. So these are not necessarily cigars that are just coming out at the show, you're only going, your retailers are only going to be able to buy this if they're in attendance. Now, that's what they're saying now. You mean to tell me that they're not going to sell these cigars two months from now? They probably are. Yeah, I mean, the 724 Hustler 5 and Dime Barber Barber Pole Toro, I imagine they would love to sell that one to anybody that would buy it. (laughs) You know, that's the first cigar on the list. I've never heard of Hustler 5 and Dime. Barber Pole, historically, not a big-selling cigar at all. So I'm well, no, the, the Hustler 5 and Dime is the new, is the new release. Um, 724 is the company, and they're one of the few that actually puts out a regular Barber Pole. And I'm a sucker for a Barber Pole. I think, you know, the whole reason they were designed was to catch your eye, and it works in a humidor for me. I love smoking a Barber Pole. Well, I've never, never smoked a 724. This has... Whatever I haven't been able to pinpoint what the flavor compound is that changed, but this has it. This is this is completely different from what completely it was. Completely different experience. Yeah, it, it's got. So uh, just to give you a little background, certain smells all now smell the same to me, and the, and what I smell is like a burnt orange peel, but in a bad way. And it's, there are several flavor compounds and smells that have all just transformed to be that's what they smell like. And that's what I'm getting out of this. So human physiology is so weird. Yeah. You know, we both had COVID at the same time. I've nothing at all. I smoked while I had it. I worked out while I had it. it just, just nothing for me. I did see that there is a famous ice cream tester, uh, I think maybe for Ben and Jerry's or one of those that actually had Lloyd's of London put put an insurance policy for a million dollars on his taste buds. Okay, so can he just walk in and say, sorry, fellas, I can't taste no more, and they pay him? Because well, how, no, t- how do you check that? Well, I, I, I think it has more to do with... I, I don't know. COVID's a perfect example of we have something that we know has a potential to cause degradation of taste... And we have a test. So we can at least narrow it down. As much as insurance companies hate paying out, I I just can't see how something as subjective as taste. It'd have to be a structural policy, okay, if you get your jaw knocked off by a wombat. Well, I'm sure that's part of it. But Lloyd's is a little different. This is anytime you hear about Tina Turner insuring her legs for $10 million and things like that, those all come out of Lloyd's. And that's it's essentially legal bookmaking. And basically, they factor in the odds of something like that happening, and then they calculate a premium, which is more than you and I will ever make in our life, com- compared with the cost of, of paying out on it. So, you know, this guy insured his taste buds for a million dollars. He probably paid a hundred grand just to just to insure it. At that point, it's like, what difference does it make? Yeah, 
makes no sense, but but it's interesting. It doesn't make but a lot I, of sense, but it's interesting. But I was wishing, as a as a semi professional cigar taster, I was I'm really wishing I had done something like that. Now, <laughs> you had some sort of an insurance policy. Yeah. Um, you know, the next one they're talking about is the Ace Prime Sergeant. We covered that a couple of weeks ago uh, from Tobacco Lacera Pachardo, and I'm looking forward to the cigar. I know, absolutely, and I think that's the thing on this is we just need to thumbs up or thumbs down if this is something we're looking forward to. Yeah, well, and the next one is uh, is interesting because it's a cigar that you and I both already like. It's just a new size, and I'm kind of I'm kind of good with this idea. If you are going to do an exclusive, you know, don't make it an all new cigar. Make it that you can only get the six by fifty four Toro if you show up. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, but I'm gonna be I'm I'm kind of thumb medium on this. Because I'm going to be apprehensive to purchase one because I know it's going to be a limited amount of them I can get. Well, again, like I said, though, that's that's assuming that they don't just open these up two months later. You know, I, right. I doubt any of these will stay at an exclusive. Uh, we're talking about the Aganorsa Leaf Anniversario Maduro. Just I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think most of these will eventually hit our shelves. Well. You're not going to smoke the Toro anyway, so I don't know. I've been smoking a lot of Toros lately, and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of evolving in that direction, and I'm getting to where I'd rather just smoke a Toro, and I'll and not. It's almost like the you get used to the Toro, and the 660 feels a little heavy. Yes, I know exactly. The Alec Bradley Magic Toast. I'm thumbs down on this. Uh, Alec Bradley has not impressed me at all. Exactly. In forever. Uh, And uh, Blackwork Studio. I'm not really familiar with them. Don't know anything about them. Nicaraguan cigar. Eh. Okay. CLE. So, what was the last really good CLE? Uh, the Aroa. I can't remember the name of it. I can point it out in the humidor. Yeah the the last really good the one that had the rice paper foot band. Mm, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. And uh, but they're doing a um, Cameroon de Hamastran, and uh, and it's a PCA exclusive 2021. It's made with Cameroon seed cover leaf grown in Honduras, Mexican binder and filler from Honduras and the Dominican Republic. Don't look bad. Looks a little pricey at 16 to 18 bucks each. Yeah, but that's CLE. I mean, that's kind of where the, that's a little high, but that's not far from where they swim most of the time. Um, okay, so what's the deal with Crowned Heads getting into the Lancero business? So How many of the releases this year have been Lancero? It's because cigar nerds for... And by cigar nerds, I mean the kinds of guys that call themselves aficionados. All like to say that Lanceros and Lonsdales are the only way to smoke a cigar. And truly, da 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 it, it's... And Crowned Heads is, is proving consistently over and over to just be a little too pompous for me. And I think that's what this is. This is, oh, well, only real cigar smokers can appreciate the... Uh, no, just... Yeah, and, well, and even the name's kind of pretentious, the Le Patissier. Le Patissier, is that it? Uh, Le Patissier. Le, P- Le Patissier. And uh, it's French for pastry chef. I don't want no French in my cigars. <laughs> And I, I like something. Someone is hanging out at the Crown Heads factory. Well, no, they're at the uh, Pichardo factory and watching a little too much British baking show. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just I, I see public radio on there at all times, British baking shows, Tour de France, all of those pretentious stuff, you know, Wimbledon, all of that type of stuff. I'm not even going <laughs> to. The Tour de France is the greatest sporting event in the world, okay. bar none. By the way, you know, the, you told me about them doing the big slowdown at the Tour de France, and I, I, I would be that guy. I would be the guy paddling, yeah, y'all slow down. Yeah, yeah, show them what for, fellas, and I'm paddling my ass off. Yeah. Yeah, that is somebody who clearly doesn't understand bike racing because that guy's going to get caught in a matter of no, minutes. If they're all slowed down for the first, for the next five minutes, I mean, what kind of bike, if... If you give anybody a five-minute head start, how hard is it to catch up to them? Not at all. Because the guy with the five-minute head start, and it happens every single day on the tour, a lead-out group or a breakaway group will get 
anywhere from five to ten minutes up the road ahead of the peloton, which is the big group. Now, there's power in numbers in cycling because of the ability to break the wind for the, for the group, and you get drag efficiency. And so a peloton can catch up with a breakaway group and close that 10-minute gap in a matter of, you know, 10, 20 kilometers. I mean, they can really push the pace. These guys are going, you know, at some point, 50 miles per hour on bicycles, on flat roads. That's how efficient okay, it is. Okay, how much wind is a 105-pound French dude really breaking? Well, but <laughs> enough enough to give an advantage to the other 105-pound French dude behind him. That's, okay, but that's the 105 French dude behind him isn't he pushing? See, the aerodynamics of biking is totally lost on me, and I'm we're gonna go to the next cigar because I'm <laughs> never gonna understand it because I don't want to, you <laughs> know. Crux is Limitada. Now, we both smoked a Crux last week. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What is a box press marble head? I have no idea. <laughs> now, coming in a 5 by 52 size called the box press marble head. It's uh, got a 109. This is going to be clear as mud. I'm going to clear this up for you. It's a 109 style cap that Crux refers to as marble head. Oh, so not a 108. Right. And not a 124. No. Darn, I'm not familiar with the 109. Illusione is doing a Candela. Okay. Bad ideal. They actually, they already have a Candela in their lineup, or they have in the past. And if I'm going to smoke a Candela, which is pretty much third world dictator handing me a cigar, theirs is the one I will grab. I would probably smoke the Roma Craft over the Luzione. The Roma Craft Candela to me is a little bit better. You know, I don't actually think I've had that, so I will have to taste test them this March. Uh, don't put yourself there. It's it's, it's the best it's still of the worst. Con- well, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's still yeah, there. Yeah, but why else do we, does this pod- podcast exist if not for torturing ourselves for the benefit of our audience? That's true. I mean, both and of them will really appreciate the. So the La Polina Goldie, only 310-count boxes are being released. Are they going to do a couple of different Goldies this year, or is this it for Goldie is my question? I think this is a... Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, My father decided not to comment on what they're going to give away at the show. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We got an article about the Padron. Is is that the PCA? Okay. Yeah. We're going to circle back to that in the so, next article. So after you just said that we're just going to hit all of these at once instead of highlighting individual cigars, we're going to exactly do that in the next one? It's Padron. Fair enough. Need, need I say more? Um, the Rocky Patel Age Limited and Rare. Not, not, a, not interested. You know, I was having this discussion with somebody today, and uh, we were talking about cigars. Rocky, if you own Rocky Patel, they're... Their budget sticks, their Edge, their Super Lajero, their Catch-22. Is the Super Lajero still being made? Yeah, it's a online only. Oh, okay. But anyway, their budget sticks, their 8 to $12 or 8 to $11 sticks are their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And it's what they do really wear. I've never had an expensive Rocky that I thought was worth the money. I like the 20th, but I'm not going to pay that for it. See, I don't even really like the 20th. I think it's just okay, and especially when you factor in the price. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not a big Rocky fan. Even their budget stuff just really doesn't hit me right, um, especially when there's so much else out there at the same price point. I cannot tell you the last time I smoked a Rocky Patel. You know, I, I think Rocky needs to decide. You know, I think Rocky runs the ragged edge between online and brick and mortars. I think they haven't committed to either team there. And I think they keep wanting to make a high end cigar that's good. And it just, I don't think it's in their wheelhouse. Yeah, I think you're right. And all that's just, that's just kind of my thought. But we're getting a little long in the tooth. Let's jump over to the Padron article. All right, so Padron is finally making a 60 ring gauge. I seen this this morning. I was so excited. They're making a 60 ring gauge. I like a 60 ring gauge. I can only imagine how good a Padron 60 ring gauge would be. Take a breath. Four and three quarter inches long. <laughs> really, fellas? Well, it's, I, I don't mind a short cigar every once in a while. But it's like they, it's like, it's like I went to the Padron strip club. 
and you get to see everything, but you can't touch nothing. This is this is the ultimate in teasing me. We're going to give you a 60 ring gauge. We're going to give you a 60 ring gauge, ah, but it's only going to be four inches long. You're... You're gonna you're gonna wish there was two of these, right. but for that price, right? But for that price, you can't buy two of it. You know, right. I had somebody try to sell me a box of robustos in the tens the other day. We'll just smoke two of them. Great. Now I've spent double the cost to get the cigar that I want. That's that's really great. Yeah. Notice they don't give a price on this. Price yet to be determined, and I'll I'm. I don't see this becoming a big hit for Padron. I don't think this is what Padron does well, nor do I think they should. I don't know, but we keep seeing this, you know, Nub started it, and there have been a few other people that have come out in the wake of that doing the short, chode cigar. And there's got to be a market for it, or people wouldn't keep making them. I think there is during the winter, when you want the complexity, but you don't want to have to sit out in the cold for too long. Fair enough. And also, I, I bet this does better than you think it will. I hope so. I'm, I'm, I wish Padron all the success in the world. Okay, so let's talk about this. This is the, this is the article that we're going to disagree on. Eric Pirus launches Totem Accessories. Eric Pirus, owner of Hong Kong-based cigar distribution company. Don't bury the lead. Tell us how you really yeah. feel. Cigar Rael. Um... Founder of Birdie Cigars Hong Kong is proud to announce a launch of his own accessories called Totem. So this is a dude based in Hong Kong that builds Hong Kong, trying to cash in on Native American. So the term Totem has has roots outside of just Native American as we understand. It. You know, we think of the totem pole, but the concept of a totem is is spread throughout history. Yes, but one, two, three, four paragraphs down. No, I know. I know. <laughs> he's clearly saying Native Americans is what he's trying to exploit I was, here. Because I, I knew that was going to be the position you took, so I was really trying to find a way to come to this guy's defense. But, you know, it, it's funny, and this is where the types of people that you accuse me of being, I think, get things wrong a little bit, is this idea, you know... The term cultural appropriation comes up quite a bit, not in your circles. And no, you know, I think there's a fine line between appreciation and appropriation. And I think, you know, I like the idea of someone finding something about a foreign culture that they appreciate and they want to celebrate it. But as soon as you start making money on it, I have a, it starts to get a little skeezy for me. So if he said to me, this is going to go toward building schools on reservations Done. or yeah. alcohol and drug treatment plans or anything, if he did anything like that, I could have hated him less. Yeah. And if this, and say Charles Robinson and I'll with, um, at Sneaky, at Sneaky, say he released this exact same line with this exact same motif. I mean, oh. I'm, I'm on board. Right. And I'll but yeah, I, I do think it misses the mark on authenticity. I, I actually agree with you on most of that. I was really trying to come to this person's defense early on, and but I don't. I, I think I do. I think it's appropriation. I think it is taking something that has no cultural significance to the creator, trading on um, iconography and things that we associate with a different group of people without benefiting or really paying a, a thorough homage. Yeah, and you know, when I see, you know, made in Hong Kong, made in China on it with that, that just, you know, it's so if like, it was German made, it'd be different? Oh yeah, definitely. And I'll, That's where we disagree. Germans associated with quality. And I'll, Hong Kong not associated with quality. Well, they and were I'll, British for most of their... British, not associated with high quality cigar cutters at all, but the or high quality not? steels. Well, have you know that Calibri was founded in London? Okay, but the I just I dislike everything about this. I don't care for the designs. I, it's the it's the gitchy roadside. You know, Highway 64 as you're driving through Arkansas. Well, yeah, and that's top stuff. Th- and that's the other thing. I don't think you know. I think if this person had consulted with a member of a native tribe to to find some iconography that was meaningful but not sacred, and 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 
had done their homework a little bit more. But you're right. This looks like what someone who had only been read stories about Native Americans would come up with, if that makes sense. No, this to me... Or had watched a bunch of Westerns. This to me seems like somebody that said, hey, fellas, we need a way to sell cigar accessories. Let's put Native American stuff on it. Done. I think that's the extent of of the the admiration. I think everything else is just fluff. But I may be being a little unfair to this gentleman. And all, but I just I don't care for the so it's got a picture of the ashtrays. It's got a picture of the cases. I don't see a picture of the cutters. I don't either. And all, and so they're, you know, so they they're called the hold, the cut and the ash. And all again. Yeah. I, I, th- this to me seems like this guy said, how do I sell to dumb Americans? And decided this was his path. Well, it has worked for a lot of China, so. <laughs> but anyway, okay, let's step away for a break. We'll come back with a more positive show. We've got more positive things to go. All right, we'll be back with that and more after this. the cigar cast this is one of your hosts shane sitting across from a man who would rather appear naked on the channel 7 news at nine than have us read his web browser aloud on the same show mr trey did uh, nope not true at all i think most people would rather appear naked on news than have their web web browser read aloud as long as is i don't find anything embarrassing at all about looking up robotics and bicycles that is all you will find in my search history <laughs> I don't look at anything that I'd be ashamed to show off. I will make my history public. You, you lead such an exciting life. I do. <laughs> it's a wholesome life, Shane. Are, you are, should try it. No. Wholesome, wholesome is boring. No. And I, I always hate those people that say, Oh, I love at night to curl up with a good book in front of a fire. Oh, go out and do something. <laughs> go kill it. Drag it in. Do something fun. Yeah, but if you yeah, but reading a good book by fire is exact like you can go anywhere in the world with that book. You can do anything in the world in that book. You can do anything in other worlds or, or other times. You could just get up and go do anything. <laughs> yeah, but you can't you know, you can't go be a part of the French Revolution right now. Well no, nor do I but I have no could, desire to read but, a book about the French Revolution. I have no oh, desire you're missing to, out. Yeah, sure. All the misery you can stand. <laughs> we're going to cut off a bunch of people's heads and run around and all because we feel like we're socially inadequate. That's just not my stick. You, you should probably learn a little bit more about the French Revolution. I have no desire to. That's, I know they cut off a bunch of people's heads. They decided that the aristocracy was too big for their britches, so they decided to start cutting off their heads. Nothing about that interests me. If if you learn the truth behind it, it might, is my point. (laughs) But, okay, mister, I'm going to love to read books. You kick off this next article. All right. Um, (laughs) I'm so about to take a puff off my cigar, but fine. I'll I'll, I'll do it this way. Um, So we have talked about the lectors on this show before, but there's an article out of, from NBC News, about the people who read in the cigar factories in, in the Cuban cigar factories. And uh, this particular article is just highlighting sort of the history behind the position. I did not realize that it has been going on since the 1800s. Oh, yeah. Been going on for... I can't believe you're not going to take a crack at this lady's name. No, I was leaving that for you. I'm always the one that takes a crack (laughs) at the name, and you always say nailed it in the most sarcastic tone possible. Oh, Dallas. Come on. Oh, I didn't even I didn't see that. There's eight, word, eight <laughs> words after Odalis. Odalis de la Caridad Laura Reyes. Nailed it. Okay. So anyway. I mean, I did it with an American <laughs> accent, but that's how it's pronounced. So she's been reading to Cuban workers. She's a 55-year-old woman, and she's been reading to them. I forget how long did it say, for 30 years? Something like that. So the tradition, uh, yeah. the tradition is that you're sitting there rolling cigars, and this was like obviously the days before podcasts, and somebody gets up front and reads. Was this the first podcast? I think I think it it probably was. It was I think the, this for, could the go first down newscast, you know, continual twenty four hour news cycle. Um, yeah, it's interesting too to see the way the 
pandemic has influenced this practice because traditionally they have read books and um, sort of folklorically the names Monte Cristos and Romeo y Julieta come from the books that were being read by, while they were being rolled or, you know, by the previous one or whatever. And I love that idea, but they're saying because of so many people have been quarantining or taking care of people throughout the this past year that it's kind of gone back to the old school which was reading the news yeah i would rather them read books i, I would definitely fling my well, surveyor like a throwing star and kill the person up front if i had to listen to news while i was doing it yeah but, but you've got to think you know the whole purpose of this number one it encourages you know stories and literacy and things like that but the whole point was it was a bit like a soap opera is that you could follow the story from day to day. And so if if people are taking half days off and, and missing days and things like that, you're not going to be able to carry the story. So this way, everybody gets the benefit and it doesn't leave anybody out. Because how, you know, when you walk into the third half of a movie and you've not seen any of the plot development up to that point, how engaged are you ever going to be? It's the same thing. The whole purpose of this is to engage and focus and kind of give something for the workers to relate to while they're doing their job. If they're coming into Chapter 17 of a book, it's not going to do much for them. Well, it's interesting because she was an announcer at a radio station, and then she spent 20 days reading, and the vote came, the workers elected me as the factory reader. See, this is what so f- th- that hits on part of what I think is so interesting about this position in the cigar factory, especially as it pertains to Cuban cigar factories. Name another country where you would be more surprised that A, they're encouraging reading, especially of current events. Now, granted, state-owned public, you know, sure, periodicals, so it's it's curated news, but they're encouraging the dissemination of news. And they're allowing people to vote. Yes. I mean, I think that's so fascinating that that of all cigar factories, it's the Cuban factories that are taking that approach. Well, it's, it's easy to just see the downside of the communism in Cuba. You got to stop working my side of the street. And I, well, hold on. I'm, I, and rightfully so, because it's blatant and apparent. Thank you. <laughs> and the world I, shifted back on its axis. Yeah. Rightfully so, but it's amazing to me. I'm going a totally different direction than you would go with this. Um, It's interesting to see in human lives, even during the most miserable of conditions, people still find some way to find humor, to find entertainment, to find joy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting that we never adopted this concept here. I mean, even you know, you think times before podcasts, before like. Even just playing a radio on a factory floor, that never really took off here. Well, I think there's a huge difference between playing a radio on a factory floor and having somebody actually read. Somebody, I, I, I think there's a, I think it's such a different level of engagement. No, I, I absolutely do too. I'm saying, but we didn't even get to playing a radio on the fl- factory floor, much less get to this point. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. But I do like the pictures in this article. This is, like I said, it's from NBC News. And the first picture is her sitting in front of a giant Fidel Castro head. I don't know why. And all that, that's an interesting choice. And all, But I like the one of the lady sitting there, and she's got molds there, and she's got her bench, she's got her chaveta, she's got everything sitting there together. I really... Just rocking and rolling. Yeah, just rocking and rolling. I do love the mask pulled down around the chin, cigar in the mouth. Sure. Well, I, I think that's a great... That's a great poster picture for 2020, 2021. Yeah, great great analogy of life. And all, but it's... I, all things being equal, this is a good thing. Absolutely. I like the ideal because I'm in one of those jobs where I'm always listening to a podcast. I'm always listening to, I'll listen to the radio sometimes. I'll listen, watch a movie or something like that and have it playing because so much of what I'm doing is, it's mechanical. It's right. not, you know, now when it comes time to buckle down and actually try to create something or I'm trying to work out a tough roof plan, I'll turn it off, pause it, whatever. But generally, most of the day, there's a podcast playing in the background. There's a radio playing. There's something playing in my office just to break up the, the slow noise of me pounding on keys. And all, But I like it. From the Tallahassee Democrat, 
You never thought I'd bring an article from the Tallahassee Democrat, did you? Eh, that doesn't surprise me. That's and the I'll, name of a newspaper. What do you care? And we're, ju- we're just going to touch this lightly. Havana Museum highlights history of people who worked in shade tobacco. Okay. Is this not just a little too narrow a market? How many people is this really going to appeal to? The no, history I'd, of people that work. So this won't surprise you, but I would absolutely stop. And, and go to this. Because you've got to think, we're talking about Havana, Florida, not Havana, Cuba. And this is a region that was specifically known for their techniques and their expertise in growing shade-grown tobacco. So it's absolutely a regional, um, it's a celebration of, of regional, regional heritage. And I think that's great. See, this to me feels like, okay, we're going to open a museum ad to the guy that changed the left front tire on the Toyota Prowler. In 1936, it, it just—it seems too specific. I don't know. No, I—I I think that's. I mean, you're talking about an entire region uh, spanning, you know, 200 years almost of, you know, of, of heritage and of skill, and and it really developed the region. I think that's absolutely worthy of. A, I mean, it's, and besides, you know, we're talking about Havana, Florida, not ne- not necessarily a landmark destination for tourism so it, it's it's a great I don't say this increasing their draw <laughs> no I think it's a great roadside I mean I don't know how many people other than myself actually stop at those like cheesy roadside attractions but I would be all about this it's inter- it's interesting that they went to the trouble to put it together of course they received a $50,000 grant from the Department of State's Division of Historical Resources. So 49900 of that went back into the coffers of the guy that got him the grant so that he can get reelected to give them another grant, but that's the way politics works. You, your positivity astounds. <laughs> and I don't know. Just the, the whole thing just to me is like, uh, I don't know. I just think there's better things I could spend my time on. Even though I love the history of the tobacco, I like the idea of learning about it. But I don't know. I guess I'm at short attention span theater this week. The, the thought of walking through this museum and... But see, this should be perfect for short attention span theater because there, there can't be enough to really force you to focus for too long. There's it's going to be, be $49,900. <laughs> right. But anyway, okay, so let's talk about something fun. This is from the Cigar Journal. Backstage, behind the scenes of Cigar Journal blind tasting. So we have definitely given the Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 list enough flack in our life. Yeah. Am I just smoking fast tonight or are you smoking slow? No, I think I'm smoking about normal. Yours yours is a a much smaller smaller cigar cigar than mine. Just seems like I'm burning it just a little bit quicker and it's excellent. You're the rat's excellent. Mine has calmed down. I'm enjoying it a bit more. Still not what it once was. So this is... Cigar Journal said, okay, this is how we choose to test our cigars to get our 25 list. And uh, so they deliver the cigars. They, they get there from the manufacturers. They pull the labels off of them. They sort them. And they put a tasting ID on them. Mm-hmm. So you don't get, you don't get a year of the right label. Right. They number them, of course, as part of that. Then they pack them up individually. They send them out to their people. How many people did they say they send these 15 out? 15 to 20. Yeah, 15 to 20 testers. I'd like to get on that list. I would, too. I, th- I think running a, a mid-sized podcast in Brentwood, Tennessee, that's, we should... That's a bit generous. That's like saying this is six inches. Well, a mid Hey, I'm trying to sell us here, Trey. Must you? <laughs> must you un- I'm trying to sell us here. Well, someone would have to listen to this for it to make any difference anyway. <laughs> but, uh... So they send out, I'd like to have this job. And then the panel members, then they send out these packages, and your job is to smoke this cigar over the course of the next couple of weeks and send back what you think about it. Right. And uh, the valuation, the protocols are sorted according to the ID numbers. And hold on a second, why didn't it tell me what the, what are the protocols? And it's got to be construction, flavor, burn. It's got to be just the standard things you would think. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't describe what the tasting protocols are, but I'm sure it's the standard, you know, notes, you know, draw floral, you know, strength and all of that stuff. And then they compile the data and basically analyze it. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you were going to put together a top 25 list, 
and you wanted to have you you needed to gather the information on a particular cigar how would you go about it this is exactly how i would do that if i wanted to do a blind tasting that's exactly what i would do i would take some intern who's not going to have any communication with any of the tasters and i would have them get take all of the cigars, you know, put them into a database or some point so you can keep track of, you know, T732 is a, you know, McAuliffe A, you know, and, and whatever. And then, yeah, I would send them out with a standard form, which is this is what I'm, you know, rank one to seven on, uh, you know, on taste, on body, on construction, you know, which of these notes did you taste, you know, coffee, leather, earth, you know, wood, other, you know, all of that stuff. And then, yeah, and then I would bring it back and I would, you know, take an overall rating. And I would compile all of that data. You know, anybody that tasted the same kinds of things, that, that kind of shows you more of the, the broad scope. But how much of a cigar's enjoyment and rating of a cigar is affected by your environment. Well, but the problem with that is that you can't control that always. And you can't control how... I mean, the purpose of blind testing is to be as objective as possible. And when you start putting environment into it, you're talking about very subjective things. And I think if what you're getting at is that not putting them in a controlled environment is going to dictate it, is is going to change what they find... I feel like giving them the opportunity in their in their own backyard on their own time is more likely to bring out the best than putting them in, you know, a, a converted free clinic. Yeah, you know, it's a tough thing because environment does play a role. You know, a cigar smoked here on the podcast, I'm going to think more about it because we're sitting here podcasting. But if your job is to rate this cigar, you're going to pick this cigar knowing that you're going to work. Right. You know, you're not going to save this for the cruise. So they're, de- they're depending on the professionality of their, their sample of 20 people. And I would imagine, because they do give them a deadline, so I would imagine that that's kind of baked into it a little bit of like kind of forces them to smoke it where they're at not, you know, wait for a special occasion, not balance it, you know, because by the same token, like trying to smoke it while you're watching little Timmy's batting practice is probably not going to yield great results either. You want to give them enough time to be able to carve out specific time. There's a bit of honor system involved here, but I, I would imagine if you send this out to 15, 20 people and, you know, 14 to 19 of them all come back with coffee notes and this guy gets floral because he was smoking it while mowing the grass you're probably not going to be a blind test blind taste tester very long if you you disagree so consistently there's probably a, a consistency to that but also the price of a cigar is an important factor in rating it to me see i was thinking about this just the other day um because i don't think it needs to be I know it is for us, and we've made a point about talking about that on the show before. But I think to rate a cigar on a cigar's own terms as objectively as possible, because what's expensive to you and I may not be expensive to someone else, I, I don't know that... Because, perfect example, I was actually thinking about it in regards to the Amafuerte Placencia Solomon that we both smoked last week. That cigar's a seven. And I know for a fact, if you and I had smoked that cigar on the show, we would not have given it a seven because of the price point and availability. But we give the Padron 64 and 26 a pass, even though they're in the same price point. So I think we have to stop thinking. I mean, value for dollar is one thing, but price overall, I don't think should factor in. See, I think it does because I have, I I compartmentalize my life and all I have to, or I would never get anything done. I compartmentalize, okay, cigars $8 and under. I have a set of expectations for that cigar, and there are a minimal amount of expectations to meet. Then I have $8 to $12, 12 to $16, and $16 and up. And $16 and up needs to perform like a $16 and up cigar, or I'm going to ding it. Yes, but let's, say, let's take a, a manufacturer like Romacraft. 
who doesn't make anything in the $16 and up range. And so, you know, because we, we've talked about it before, about how a 7, you know, it, it takes a lot for us to give a cigar 7, but one of the things is, is this the best they can produce? And if someone's wheelhouse kind of tops out at $15, well, then I think the best the best cigar in that line, even if it is also the most expensive, should still qualify. I don't know. I think there, I think price always has to be a factor, and I think they could have a broad group, and they may in their protocols, hey, this is a, a medium filler cigar, so you know this is going to be a cheaper cigar when you go to rating. Or better yet, just do it a little bit differently and send all of your Connecticut's out at once. Send all of your Fumas out at once. Send, you know, it, these all of the cigars in this month's batch are going to be $16 and up. All of the ones in this week's batch are going to be, you know, 8 to $12. Maybe you do it that way. Yeah, but I think you have to have. I think price has to be a factor. I don't, I understand what you're saying, the purity of just judging a cigar on a cigar. I understand that factor. But for the, if you're communicating to the commons man, this common cigar smoker, price is going to be a factor for most people yeah but yeah. but for even even what you and i consider an expensive cigar very slightly just like it is going to be you ask anybody in here you know what constitutes budget price point you're going to get a different answer from everyone you talk to so i, I think it's i think you narrow yourself and you kind of paint yourself into a little bit of a corner if you think if you get too focused on that as a parameter i think it's a i think it's an also ran i don't yeah i don't think it can be excluded and all and that you know because that would be my last question on the survey would you pay eight dollars and under would you pay eight to twelve would you pay twelve to sixteen would you pay sixteen or up what would you pay for this cigar no i'm i'm good with that and then it allows you to because then it kind of that value for dollar proposition comes up of like, okay, it was overall rated an 87, but most people said that they would, you know, they would pay up to $12 for it. Well, it's a $6 cigar. So, right. it, you know, so the bell curve carries it up to like a 92, for example. Yeah. I th- and I think that has to be it. I understand the purity of wanting to rake the cigar based on the cigar, but I do think you have to have some of that. All right. Last article. I'm so happy I got to that. You haven't given me the bat signal yet. No, on I haven't. the time. And all cigar smoking world championship launches new portal. Yeah, I, I I read this article three times and I still don't know what the heck is going on. All I can figure is this is like ESPN for the cigar smoking world championship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, sorry. Smoking Dave Winslet sustained a tongue injury this week uh, when he grabbed frittata before it got cooled off. Yeah. <laughs> Jose Mendez is on the disabled list after cutting into pizza too fast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an it, it, Cigar Smoking World Championship News or CSWCnews.com. I can't imagine... <coughs> anything on this website that I would care about. Wouldn't you? Uh, okay, but let's take all that aside. you got to admire their commitment. They are committed to this terrible ideal. Is this, a, is this a Ponzi scheme? I'm convinced that this is just a Ponzi scheme. Someone keeps pumping money into this. There's no way they're getting any money out of it. So do you think it's just funding layers on top of layers and then eventually the whole thing is just going to fall apart? Okay. Or did this start out as a scam to get free cigars? And well, isn't that what this podcast was? Shh. Trey, Trey. Fourth wall. Fourth wall. <laughs> so, you know, because now that Rocky Patel, official competition cigar. Cuervo is Sabrina Swiss Watch's official timekeeper. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Bovita, official cigar humidification system. What else is there? <laughs> cigar Journal, official media partner. Of and course it is. Les Fines Lames, official cutter. I'm sure I pronounced that correctly. And uh, so is, the, is this... Um, okay, okay, I'm officially embarrassed about my search history now because I'm going to this website. <laughs> now you'd rather appear, now naked, on rather appear naked on Channel 7 News at night. You just wonder, you know, I just, I admire their commitment. I'm, I'm just, I'm in awe of their commitment to this product. Okay, 
Is there a single advertiser on that website? Have they sold Ad One? Uh, it looks like it. Yes. And also, well, okay. okay. So they've got their partners, you know, Cigar Journal, Rocky Patel, all of them featured very prominently. Let's go. Oh, they've got a web shop. Oh, you can buy a branded polo with the Bavita logo on the chest and the. St- oh God! You got a birthday. Oh. You've got a birthday coming up. What size are you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you can even get your country of origins flag on the sleeve. Well, of course, that makes sense. Oh, my gosh. You can buy the, or you can get a breakdown of the competition cigar. Advertising is a link, even. And Hey, that's a nice knife and a nice watch in the shop. (laughs) But anyway, people ain't listening to listen to us web search. But I just, I, I had to hit this article, one, because I knew it would aggravate you, but two, I just got to admire their commitment. And all, I feel I feel like they're really committed to this bad ideal. And all, but I, and I think this may be a scam to get free cigars that has just moved on forward. Yeah. Uh, hold oh. on, I got to see who the competitor of the month is. Oh, dear God. Does he I, have... Does I can he, tell you, I'm looking through some of the news articles that they posted, and there are no advertising... Um, there's no advertising at all. Uh, so at least I'll give them that. But I'm sure that's to come. Guy Pardilios from, is that an Italy flag? You would know. You watch the Tour de France. <laughs> What's that a flag That's of? a French flag, French. actually. Okay, Guy Pardilios. He's the competitor of the month. And all. So just um, really interesting to me that, the, that they're this committed. And all, and that Rocky Patel has bought in this hard. Can we move on now? Okay, by all means, carry on. <laughs> to rate your cigar. <laughs> Let's land this puppy. I'm you, done. You know, Year of the Rat for me is always going to be in the high sixes. This one, you know, this one's about six and a half. It's not going to touch the seven, just availability, price, Vitola, everything like that. This is a six and a half, and that's probably me being a little generous. And I'll I'll say, you know, blind testing, if I knew nothing about price or availability um, and didn't have the clout of being a year of the rat, I don't know that I could get it to a six and a half, just smoking it out of nowhere. What about your Promesa? I'm not going to rate it because it's it's giving me too much palate confusion. I'm not going to rate it. Uh, I will try another one because I, I... I think this just has a flavor component in it that, I, that I'm that i not tasting that I'm supposed to. Do you think that part of your taste buds will grow back? You know, at this point, it's been almost six months. Yeah, but, but, but your body is designed to heal to get it up and working, and then when there's extra resources, yeah, get but it it's, to best. Yeah, but it's not, it's not that my taste buds themselves are destroyed or anything like that because those replace themselves far more rapidly than every six months um it's that there's wires crossed it's a it's a neuron thing interesting yeah it's the way my brain is and by virtue of the fact that it's multiple different smells that all smell the same to me it's a yeah it's a neurological thing hmm well how do they get a hold of us Trey? You can reach us on Facebook.com slash The Cigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at The Cigarcast, and info at thecigarcast.com. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.